Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Thrive in EDU podcast. I am your host, Rochelle Danae Post. I am excited today because I get to have a conversation with somebody for today's episode. And it is a representative of a company that I am a huge fan of. And so I'm really excited to dive into this conversation with my guest today and because it's not a conversation that I'll be having with myself. So I would like to welcome for today's episode, Dr. Jean Kurz who some of you will figure out who he is connected with, but he has a lot of experience and we're going to be diving into some different topics related to education and technology and maybe learn some things that you don't necessarily already know about a certain company, which I'm going to keep kind of under the wraps for right now. But I will say welcome first to Dr. Gene Kearns. Thank you, Rochelle. Glad to be here. Yes. And so you have um, a, a role and I, I will probably mess it up, but I do know that part of it is chief academic officer, but there's another larger part of it. And it's going to tie into what you do on an everyday basis. And I did this intentionally. Mm -hmm. So for those people who are interested in what exactly is involved in being at a role at which you are for a large organization such as Renaissance Learning, and I only gave the chief academic officer because for me, that is a huge role in and of itself. But there's another part of your role. So for anybody who would, would be interested, what is your exact role and what does your day-to-day -day look like? Well, yeah, my, my full title is VP and chief academic officer. And basically what that means is my job is to keep up with what's going on in the journals, uh, what's going on in terms of pedagogical shifts, what's going on in terms of educational research to make sure that what we're doing uh, is grounded in the latest and the greatest and the most up-to-date thinking about like what appropriate pedagogy is with kids. So if I'm in the office, I'm reading the journals, I'm reading the literature, I'm writing, I'm doing podcasts and meeting folks like yourself. And if I'm out on the road, I'm training and working with uh, a lot of school leaders and teachers, again, just kind of conveying what are we learning? What are we doing? Because it, it goes both ways. We bring that information into the company to build better products. And then as we build those things, we take information back out about here's what we built and here's why we built it the way we did. Yeah. And something, I mean, I'm so much of a storyteller and I love that focus on the communication, the collaboration aspect of it. And one question that I, I'm curious about too is like, what is your background in education? Because I know a lot of times we all wear so many different hats and it's like, well, I was a classroom teacher and then I was an administrator and then I did this. And so what kind of led you into where you are today, if you wouldn't mind sharing? Well, our joke in the family is it's in the blood and it's around the table. And what I mean is I'm the third generation and there's a fourth generation as well. So we're, we're just an education family. Uh, you kind of nailed it. I was a classroom teacher. I was, you know, building and then central office level administrator. And I never dreamed in my wildest imaginations uh, that I would work for a software company. Uh, and I had actually uh, done some product development with Renaissance. I had been on an advisory board. You know, my aspiration was assistant superintendent of curriculum, maybe superintendent. Uh, and then out of the blue, nearly 17 years ago, they approached me and said, would, would you consider coming to work for us? Uh, and quite honestly, uh, it was only because it was Renaissance, because we'd done so much in our schools and had so much success. Um, any other company, I, I really wouldn't have been interested, but because I just had such a connection to this one, um, I entertained the idea and thought I'd give it a try. And evidently it stuck because here I am uh, almost two decades later. 
Yeah, and I, and I think that's what's difficult because I know for me, you know, I'm a full-time classroom teacher. I, I consult full-time. I am taking classes. And people have often said, you know, making that transition, is that something that you're interested in? And it's it's been on my mind. I've thought about it. You know, it's hard because you love being with the students and being in the schools because you get to hear the stories and connect with them and you know what the needs are. You also know what the challenges are. But then being on the other side where you're part of the solution to those problems it's like you feel like you're being pulled in the different directions. And so I can definitely that resonates with me so very well. And, you know, diving in a little bit to you know, for people who may not be familiar with Renaissance and something that really resonates with me, especially as I've gotten better, like I have I was teaching the way I had been taught. I you know, we are continuing to evolve as educators and we make mistakes and we learn from those mistakes and we continue to improve. But something that uh, has really helped me is getting to know our students and the importance of building relationships. And there has been this brand transformation that Renaissance has the see every student. Yeah. And I've seen that, I've heard it. And the first time that I read about it, and I can't recall where it was that I read about it, I thought, yes, like I wish this was something that somebody told me or that I had read many, many years ago. So for anybody who's interested about like, what does this see every student mean? Could you share with our listeners um, what that entails? Sure. It's a big one for us. So, you know, after 17 years, this is not the first rebranding, you know, that I've been through, but the reality of it is Renaissance has uh, merged with or acquired eight companies over the last five years. So, I mean, we really, really, really grown. So part of this was how do we bring all of these various companies together uh, as, as one family? Uh, but at the heart of it is that message and that emphasis on the ability to see every kid, giving teachers the tools that they need so they can see what the needs are, not only see them, but then address them and see how it's going. So if you go to our website, it's immediately, and this has just been over the last couple of months, it's immediately going to look very different. So, you know, different layout, different pictures, different images, but it's also the message. And, and again, uh, from the time that I'm here, I'm so excited because from the outside, someone may say, oh, Renaissance, they've been on a buying spree. Every single acquisition that we made was absolutely strategic because it filled a specific need in our ongoing multi-year effort to really build a really truly connected ecosystem of resources that, again, gets right back to what you said, allows you to see with and connect with the kids you serve. Yeah. And I'm going to pick on one of the words that you just said, because you mentioned ecosystem. Yeah. And I am, you know, when I look at different companies or they have announcements coming out, or even if it's a company that I don't really know a lot about, I'm always curious about a couple of things. Like what do they have available for educators on their website? And because I write blogs, uh, I'm always curious about their blogs. And I do know that I recently had read, and I will share this in the show notes as well, you had written a blog. Uh, I think it was earlier in this spring, but it was talking about like this new era. And you did mention like this instructional ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And so when you say that, and I, and I didn't necessarily know that there were eight different products involved. I knew of a couple because as I mentioned <laughs> earlier. I am a fan of one of them because and I won't mention it now necessarily. I'll save that for a little bit. But I, I like that idea of the ecosystem. And when we look at education, you know, as a classroom teacher and as a consultant and somebody who kind of gets it, it you know, I understand, oh, there's so many things to do and I don't know where to begin. Uh, and then there's the question of support. You know, when we look at all of these different tools that are involved, the one thing that's nice is like you pull them all into one centralized space. And I think that, I mean, 
that definitely helps because a couple of years ago, it's like there were all of these options available for educators, but it was it was overwhelming and not just for educators, but also for students, for the family supporting them. But now it seems like schools are kind of refocusing on, okay, what do our teachers need? What do our students need? And I think that part of the conversation needs to involve, you know, it's that communication piece. Like how can, here's my question for you, how can schools and districts kind of focus on obviously what the students need, but still keep teachers kind of in the center of what they're you know deciding about for what's happening and the tools that are being used in the classrooms yeah no i think you put your finger really on a lot of the key issues that ed tech and education are dealing with right now so you know programs were extensive they proliferated uh, under the recovery kind of efforts where it was let's just get anything so the kids have something to do remotely uh, so let's start with the ecosystem piece you know my bar is pretty high to me, ecosystem isn't just a bunch of stuff that comes from the same place, but they've got to work well together and ideally achieve synergy. And I think the product that we'll mention, your favorite one a little bit later, that's that's an awesome synergy piece. But at, at, at Renaissance, and you'll particularly echo echoed within our see every student message, it doesn't take very long if you get into any of our, our materials talking about what we're doing is we also talk about keeping the teacher at the center. And we like to say support them, not supplant them. We want to serve up all the resources so that teachers can do the things that they can do better than technology. You know, give them all the information, take care of a lot of the paperwork, do a lot of the reporting, record a lot of the information behind the scenes. Um, you know, there was a, a recent article that, uh, that that I did with some new data. You know, the average fourth grade teacher has got kids on nine different grade levels in their classroom. So you start talking about planning and everybody wants, you know, oh, we're going to personalize learning, we're going to do individualization, whatever flavor that you want to talk about that is responsive in terms of responding to kids' needs, you have to make that practically doable. Because, you know, Rochelle, you're living it and I lived it as well and my family members who are still teachers still live this. Um, if you say we're going to do, you know, 10, 15 hours a week of planning, when is it going to occur? Before school, after school, nights and weekends. Uh, and, you know, we are, you know, at a certain point, you have to turn off the lights and go home just so you can keep a life there. So what, what we're trying to do is serve up a curated collection of the finest resources and enable them all to work together so that you get right at the heart of what teachers are trying to do is figure out what kids need and get that to them and get the job done and hopefully still have a life between uh, September and, and May, uh, you know, somewhere outside of all that work. Yeah, and uh, I'm listening to all the things. And, and as a classroom educator, I think about, you know, just on a daily basis, I go into school and I'm thinking, okay, what are my lessons if I'm teaching multiple different courses, which I am, I'm teaching multiple levels of Spanish in a Steve course, or any teacher, elementary teachers, I honestly do not know how they do it with all that they have to manage. But you're thinking about, you know, it's not just I want them to learn Spanish or I'm teaching them algebra, or whatever the content is. It's like you have to tie in all of these other components. And so you look at like, well, I want to assess my students and I have to think about instructional strategies and methods. And then I have to gather all of this information from them so I know how I can best support my students in learning. And so when we look at Renaissance and what is offered, how does it do all of that? How does it combine the assessment, the instruction and the assessments or the insights, I should say, to support student learning? Yeah, and that's exactly echoing back to what I said about is, you know, we've been doing a lot of mergers and acquisitions and those were all strategic. So right now, if you were to sort of take our product launch, you could place them in one of three buckets. 
you either have assessment, which is a huge product line for us, uh, practice and instruction. And we kind of put those together because, I mean, that's the daily things that kids are doing. And then analytics. Uh, and, and basically what we've been doing is rounding all of that out. We had uh, one of the world's leading assessments in terms of star assessments. But at the end of any assessment, when you say, well, here's the skills within range of a kid, the next thing a teacher is going to say is, what do I do? Okay, that's great. You told me that's what the kid needs. What do I do? And again, that product that you really, really like, that one really, really helps with that. Uh, and, and you want all these things to be connected. So, you know, in this modern age of information flowing freely around and serving up choices and options for us, there's no need for a kid to take a placement test in any practice program. They're already being assessed three times a year, typically for MTSS or other programs. So we make the information flow between all those products. And again, ideally, it's not just the flow of information, which you just got to achieve in today's world. But what you really can do if you get the right parts is you can get some synergy going on. You know, that old idea of one plus one can be more than two when you do it right. And so when we've added some of the newer elements, particularly around instruction, uh, that really just creates awesome synergies between our assessments, diving almost seamlessly for a teacher to transition from assessing a kid to planning something for them to do in a way that is intuitive and natural and easy and efficient. Yeah. And I, you know, the, the components that you just mentioned and just looking at like all those topics, right? So here I am as an educator and I think, oh, I just heard about Renaissance Learning. I'm going to go to their website and what am I going to find? And I will say, and I have to tell you, because I always dive into websites and look like you will find everything that you need. And that's what I love when you go and you're like, you know what? I'm just getting started. And you name, and I don't want to name it yet because we're going to get to it. <laughs> but you let me know like, when you're ready. <laughs> I know it's coming up. Um, I think like, gee, I wish I knew more about this tool. And like, I go and I find resources and you have things for educators. You have, and you even have things for families, which I think is really, really important because, you know, the importance of that home to school connection and forming, not just engaging families, but really forming a partnership with them where it says, you know what, this is what we're doing in our classroom. These are the tools that we're using. Here's some information for you. And it's not just that it's like, you're conveying that like in an email or a newsletter, which are great, but for families to be able to actually go to the site and find something that's relevant to them and to have access to the information they need when they need it. So I'm very big on checking out all of the things available on the site, just like I mentioned before your blog and um, having all of that in one space, because it can, as an educator and somebody supporting students at home, families, be really overwhelming if you think, oh, wow, we have all of these tools in this one space. We have to do all of this stuff. Well, you don't because it's housed all together and everything is just right there for you. So I think it's time to dive into what... I've been alluding to a little bit. So uh, one of my favorite tools, which has been for years, Nearpod. And I tell you, every conference I go to, I tell the same story. And I've had some people who've been at some of my presentations at different conferences in different states over the last couple of years, but it made such an impact. And that tool is Nearpod, which is a member of the Renaissance family. And now I could take over and I could go on and on about all of the things about Nearpod and all of the differences that it has made. But when we look at, we go back to um, the ecosystem that you mentioned earlier, and it's in your blog, what role does Nearpod play within the Renaissance ecosystem? Yeah, well, the Nearpod piece really sort of took us 
so many steps ahead in terms of that practice and instruction piece because they we had a lot of practice stuff but they really then got into the instructional pieces the lessons so for those that don't know nearpod a huge collection uh, of curated lessons it's massive it's awesome it's intuitive it's fun it's dynamic they come in all kinds of forms but remember what i said ecosystem isn't just about things living together and talking can you get synergy so probably one of the most exciting product releases that we had was uh, this past fall we released a star to Nearpod connection. Uh, and also FastBridge assessments are part of our family. So that's coming, that connection is coming for them soon. But what that means is the minute a teacher is done with one of those assessments and it serves up a list of skills in range of the kids instructionally, you can immediately jump from your record book and that assessment right to targeted Nearpod lessons on those skills. So it makes this very simple, quick, easy, intuitive jump that, okay, from this assessment result, I found that this is the range where a kid is. I need to start teaching at that range and exploring what they're understanding. Bam, points you immediately over to a Nearpod lesson so that I can instruct, see the embedded questions in there and get feedback. And it's simple and it's quick and it's elegant. Star's an awesome assessment. Nearpod's awesome resources, but when you put the two together, one plus one becomes more than two because they just fit so perfectly together. And you know, we you said ecosystem before. We're not the only people out there talking ecosystem. There, I mean, you can probably find another half a dozen companies that talk ecosystem. But my challenge is when somebody tells you about their ecosystem, make them explain the connections, make them explain how they're getting at least increased efficiency and ideally synergy. And there's just nothing out there like the start to Nearpod connection with start of, or with a fast bridge to Nearpod coming really soon. Yeah. And I have to say, if, you know, I've been alluding to Nearpod and I talk about it a lot, but there, it's impossible to know all the things and the information about what you just spoke, that is something that is newer to me. And as an educator, you know, I may not necessarily use it in my classroom, but I'd like to really know as much as I can about different tools because teachers are like trying to make those decisions, you know, wow, there's so many options out there and I want to do this, 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 and this, what are my options? And when you can go to the one site and look, and, I, and I'll tell anybody, you know, if you go to the Renaissance site, which again, I will drop the link into our show notes. But if you're thinking, gee, I, I heard him say FastBridge. I wonder what that's about. Or Nearpod, you know, you can find all of those links under their products. Look at the resources for teachers, for families, uh, even talking about like the star assessments and what that means. And so if, you, if you're thinking, gosh, there's so much to know, don't worry. Trust me when I say you will find everything that you need to find easily on their website. And so going to continue, if it's okay, the conversation about Nearpod. So I briefly mentioned the star assessments, but, uh, and you also did as well, but how does Nearpod work together with the star assessments? Like for somebody who's new to maybe both Nearpod and this concept, you know, what is star assessments? How would you explain it to them so that they might, you know, kind of go, oh, you know what? I need to check this out. Yeah. So, I mean, most teachers listening, you know, they're doing something through MTSS, multi-tiered systems of support or RTI. So they're screening kids three times a year. STAR is an assessment that can be used for that purpose. Uh, FastBridge is. There are others in the industry as well. So what we've done is we've taken those assessment results. So it has a difficulty scale. You can assign a number to, you know, what's, what's the skill, what's the range, what's the difficulty. And basically what our content team has done is they've looked at those skills and then they've gone into that massive Nearpod library and they have hand selected what they believe 
is the best lesson or two to support that skill. So, you know, Nearpod's great, but it's, I mean, it's massive collections. You have to like dig around in there. You have to search for it by term or by grade level or by subject or something like that. So what we've done is we've taken out the need to do that. You can immediately go from the assessment result to here's a skill, whatever skill you want to do, click on that skill and bam, here comes a recommended Nearpod lesson or two that parallel that skill and it opens Nearpod in a separate window and you've literally moved from that assessment phase of education right over into that instructional phase as well, which is completely awesome. Yeah. And you mentioned MTSS and that is something, you know, I teach high school and some of these terms, there's a lot of acronyms yeah, in we love those, education. We? I know. Yeah. I remember a couple, I've told the story many times, like somebody asked me years ago, what are you doing for SEL? And I said, what are you doing for SEL? And then they gave me an answer. And I'm like, oh, okay. I am doing some of those things, but I need to learn a little bit yeah. more. And I think that's the thing about being an educationist. Like we, we always feel like we have to be the experts in everything or there, there's a hesitancy sometimes to like, oh, well, you know, I don't know enough about this product or this platform or this tool or this method. I can't try it. But you all you always need to just dive in because that's a really good model to set for students. And one other thing that I wanted to mention, too, because I mentioned the blog, like I love looking at blogs, but I also like to look to see if there is, you know, professional development because it's great whenever, you know, it's one thing to go to conferences. But sometimes you want that like platform resource, organizational specific kind of PD. And there are blogs available on the Renaissance site. And I saw there are some webinars there. I did catch one national webinar that was for MTSS. And that's something, like I said, I've been learning a little bit more about. And so it's been, it's really good to listen to you talk about some of these things because I'm learning. And of course, I'm excited about like Nearpod. It's hard not to be because it really did make a difference in my classroom uh, because I had students create with it. And so yeah. to see all of the benefits of all these different tools in one space. And so, you know, we've been talking about Renaissance and star assessment and a couple of other things. I'm not going to mention the one again, <laughs> but what are some other things that you might like to mention or that, that you think educators should know uh, resources that they might want to dive into, especially because, you know, budgets, when I go to conferences, I always do surveys and I ask, you know, what are the challenges or what are the barriers? And sometimes it's the PD, it's the teacher training, the support that's not available. And, and the number one answer often is it's just the funding. It's finding, you know, how do we get this into our schools and our students? And so finding a balance between some things that are free and some things, you know, you have to pay for, but are there any other resources that you would like to share? Absolutely. I mean, and you, and you really did call out Nearpod, which is awesome because if, if a teacher said, I don't know any of this, you know, I've talked to you. If you don't go to Nearpod, it's, you're going to, it's well worth your time. It just, I mean, it's easy to check out. There's a free version of it. You'll love it. Uh, but the other thing that I would recommend is if you go to renaissance.com forward slash focus skills with a dash between those two words, what we've put up there is the list of the most essential skills for progress in reading and math tailored to the standards of each state and covering all grade levels. So for reading from K to 12, for math from kindergarten all the way up through Algebra 2, uh, you can click on your state, it brings up a little map, and it will tell you literally these are the most essential skills. And I think that's so important because um, it was important always, but it's more important for us now that we're all talking about, you know, loss learning, learning, learning loss, recovery, whatever label you want to use there. But, you know, here's a little secret that was probably the worst kept secret there ever was. 
we were given more educational standards to cover than we had time to cover them in. And you know that. I mean, teachers are always making a decision about what units they're going to prioritize and what units might get abbreviated or skipped. But that resource is free to anybody that wants to use it. Uh, we put it up during COVID because we realized people were, you know, they were really trying to make thoughtful decisions about what they needed to prioritize with their kids. And what that shows you is these are the skills that are just absolutely uh, fundamental. If you know all the focus skills of grade five, you're ready for everything coming at you at grade six. Okay. Uh, you know, there's other standards that we have are nice to have enrichment and extensions and those types of things, but there's other things that you just have to have. If you don't learn this at this point, you're not going to be ready for the next point. So I'm really proud that when our mission is to accelerate learning, that we made the decision to post those skills, which used to not be available externally. You had to be a customer to see them. Uh, but we said, if we really do believe our mission and we really want to advance that, we decided to give that intellectual property away. So there's about a million dollars worth of development sitting right there, free to anybody. Uh, and if you're feeling overwhelmed and trying to decide what units matter the most and what skills should I focus on, renaissance.com forward slash focus skills, it's tailored to your states and it'll give you the guidance you need. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because when I was checking things out, I did notice that. And as a Spanish teacher, I did also notice that there was the Spanish part of yes, that. Yes, we have a Spanish, well. Spanish learning progression. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, Spanish for me is my third language. And when anytime I get a chance to just, you know, read and explore, learn new vocabulary, because, of course, students always think you know all the words, right? Mm -hmm. that we know everything. I'm like, I don't know all the words in English. So it's just, it's a good model to set that, like, we constantly have to continue learning. And so I will be sure to drop all of the links of things that we talked about here. We got blogs, we got webinars, you name it, different products that we can put in there. But before we wrap up, is there anything else that you would like to add or maybe just share how people can connect with you? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty simple. Our, our website's got most of the information right there. So renaissance.com, pretty simple kind of thing there. Um, you know, ways to easy kind of eat, most easily see what's going on if you don't want to go right into the products piece, renaissance.com forward slash blog or renaissance.com forward slash webinars. So you, you, you named a couple of our blogs there awesome webinar coming up next month with my colleague, Dr. Sarah Brown. We're going to talk about the, the common profiles of struggling readers. Like, you know, what are the, what, what are the clusters of kids that we tend to struggle with? What's their issue and how do we overcome that issue? She's an expert on uh, MTSS and, and making interventions well-structured and high intensity. So we're going to break it down for people. What are the most common reasons that kids struggle in reading and how do you target what you're doing to overcome that? So I think when you look at the blogs and you look at the webinars, it kind of gives you a feel for like, what are we exploring? What are we figuring out together? What are we learning? What are we doing? Um, and a great new blog there that uh, we just put up uh, last week, uh, again, renaissance.com forward slash blog, that goes back to this thing of saying, you know, everybody's talking about learning loss. Here's what we need to understand. The differences in achievement that existed before the pandemic are much larger than anything COVID did. So in an average fourth grade classroom, we had a span of eight to eight and a half years prior to the pandemic. The pandemic added maybe a half a year, maybe three quarters of a year. But when you graph it and you realize the achievement gap was this big and then we added a little bit on top, you suddenly realize that sometimes our conversations about learning loss are a little bit out of balance. This is about achievement and performance gaps and it's something we've been dealing with for a while and we've got new insights and new tools. So we have some challenges before us we haven't had before, but we've also got I think educational technology really maturing and advances. So yeah, we've got work to do, but we've got some exciting new tools we can do it with. And I can hold on and make it through if that's the, the combination of it. 
I, th I think you can. I think uh, if nothing else that we've learned in the last couple of years is we can get through challenges and just take that communication, collaboration. I mean, making sure that people are involved in the conversations is very, very key. And the last thing that I will say is your blog. I did read uh, the most recent one from last week that you were just referring to. Oh, about, you're the one. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's more than that. But the, but the learning loss, that has been a big topic and there's been positives and negatives toward it. Uh, so it, it's good to see that you are putting out content that it's on the minds of educators and you're addressing with, you know, not opinions but you have research and information that that's sharing to help them see it in a different view perhaps and also providing resources support to support teachers and students so it just has where been... we started that's that's what a chief academic officer hopefully should be doing so amen <laughs> I, I got it right with that one i know that's why i was focusing on the that part of your role instead of like all of it i didn't want to you know unveil everything involved but um, no it has been great talking to you and learning more about renaissance and of course, talking about Nearpod as well. Uh, I can't help that, but I will be sure to drop in all of the links that you shared, plus some additional ones for everybody to check out. And I thank you for joining me today. So I had somebody to talk to on my episode for the podcast. My pleasure. Of course. And for everybody listening, I hope you will continue to listen and also join the Thrive and EDU community on Facebook and, and stay connected. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you the next time.